and welcome to Fostering the Inner Child podcast. My name is Melanie Macias, and I'm your Christ-centered child deliverance coach that helps parents understand trauma and behavioral issues from a biblical spiritual perspective. And I empower parents to take their authority. If this is your first time listening to me, I want to thank you for taking the time. If you have not joined my Facebook page, please go over and check us out at Fostering the Inner Child. I would love to have you. So before we start, I just want to throw the disclaimer out there that I'm not a psychologist, therapist, or a doctor, and these episodes are for educational and spiritual development only. So let's get into today's discussion. Today's discussion is about sexual trauma and the spiritual ramifications. As I was preparing for today's podcast, I decided I was going to do a little research and I found heartbreaking and astonishing statistics when it comes to sex, sexual abuse in children. According to the World Health Organization, one in five women and one in 13 men reported having been sexually abused as a child. And that's on a global perspective. Another um, statistic from the National Children's Alliance reported that 700,000 children are abused every year, and 9% of that being sexually uh, sexual abuse. If you do the math on that, that's like 80,000 children a year, roughly, in the United States. Psychology says that children who have been sexually abused may experience a range of short-term and long-term effects. Um, They include feelings of fear, guilt, shame, uh, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, The child may have difficulty trusting and struggling with forming a healthy relationship with other family members or friends. There may be disruption in their normal developmental progression, and they may exhibit behavioral changes such as aggression or withdrawal. I'm not sure if any one of you knows this, but uh, I'm actually a volunteer with the state in which I live in, and I'm a guardian ad litem. If you don't know what a guardian ad litem is, it's someone who works closely with the Department of Social Services to be an advocate to the courts on behalf of the child's best interest. So I see many cases of sexual abuse and even, unfortunately, incest that um, roll across my emails weekly. I also personally understand all too well about the spiritual ramifications of sexual abuse as a child. And growing up with all the wrong thoughts about what love really was and how love should be shown. At age 11, I was molested, and, and a spirit entered me, and that spirit was called Jezebel. Now, a lot of you may have already heard a lot of teachings about Jezebel, but you're, what you're not hearing is that Jezebel can come in as a child from sexual abuse. Now, I wouldn't know that I had the Jezebel spirit for, like, many, many years. Like, I didn't know any about any of these types of spirits that I will continuously be teaching you through these podcasts. Um, But Jezebel began to oppress me the very moment I was violated 
sexually. As a teen and into my early 20s, I had multiple partners. I thought that if I just had sex with all these guys, that just one of them, just one of them would give me the love I had desired to have. All of these boyfriends I had, I was able to control or manipulate, which control and manipulation is just another form of witchcraft. And if they didn't listen to me, I mean, there was like trouble to be had. <laughs> I was angry literally like all the time. Sometimes it was even so bad. I would be so angry. I would go into rage where I would go and I would break things and it would make me feel better. As a teenager, I didn't like to be controlled and, uh, and to self-medicate and self-regulate myself. I would, as a teenager, I would go smoke marijuana, which was another gateway to opening um, for uh, being oppressed. But that's another, that's another podcast for another time. <laughs> um, I would isolate myself. Isolation was my best friend. The longer I could stay in bed or in my room, the less anxious I felt. If we fast forward to my 30s is when I first learned about Jezebel's spirit and how it came in. And I walked through a simple prayer with this deliverance minister. And I remember I felt so much freedom when I, after, like, I, I did this deliverance prayer with this pastor. But today I just want to really focus on the spirit because she is very wicked spirit. Let's look at some scripture to begin. If we turn over to First and Second Kings and we first see Jezebel come up in First uh, First Kings chapter sixteen, and this is where she first makes her appearance. Um, I use the AMPC Bible version. I really love how this version lays things out. But um, Jezebel, Jezebel was the chief priestess of the cult of Baal worship. Jezebel was a manipulative, using her powers of persuasion to get what she wanted. She was powerful and demanded respect for others to fear her. She didn't care about rules, and she did whatever it took to get her way. She was seductive using her charms to manipulate others and control others around her. Jezebel married Ahab. And you know why she chose Abraham? Uh, I mean Ahab? Because of his temperament. Ahab was depicted as a passive, weak-willed, gullible, and susceptible to Jezebel's manipulation tactics. Jezebel is known for her assertiveness, cunning, and power. And she saw Abraham, Ahab sorry, as an opportunity to exert influence and control. She used him literally as a tool to achieve all her ambitions. Ahab's resolute nature could have been appealing to Jezebel, providing her with a determined and persistent partner who, despite everything, the manipulation could be counted on to see through with her plans. And so you see, that what the Spirit does, it's not, it's not only seductive, and I've seen a lot of children, especially a lot of teenagers, that, that demonstrate this, that have been sexually molested, or also a, a 
broken home where the father's not around. The child's trying to look for um, another man to replace that what her father's not giving her. So she demonstrates this sexuality about her, which can also possibly be that spirit of Jezebel on a child that has been um, had the trauma of the father not being around. But so they they'll dress, especially preteens and teens, they'll dress in a sexual manner. They'll carry themselves, um, and in a way that's inviting is all I can say but I really just wanted to paint a picture of who Jezebel really was her characteristics and Ahab's as well because when child's been molested or raped that spirit comes in in that child and it develops perverted pleasures of the world of course depending on age if she and I say she because Jezebel is usually found mainly on women and Ahab on men. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But that does not mean that Jezebel can't be on a man. But the majority of time we see is Jezebel on women and Ahab on men. But it can be vice versa. Um, so if she is a preteen, you may see, like I said, her dress and act sexual and her mannerisms. I've had little girls uh, at the, around the age of 12 and 13. They'll walk with a sway in their hips, and then they'll lick their lips at me and wink their eye at me. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it, when you see it, you see it. Or maybe, maybe um, they're already sexually active. Maybe she's defiant and rebellious, angry, and hates correction, which... I understand that that's that's comes with you know teens and preteens, <laughs> um, withdrawal and anxiousness. These when I describe these behaviors, they're going to be above what a normal teen misbehavior is. Remember, when we are judging if our child is under a spirit, we have to take into account if this is a typical childlike behavior or if there's something more. This is where discernment comes into play. Prayer, fasting, ask Holy Spirit. You know, we definitely don't want to be just like one of those uh, Christians that is always pointing the finger and saying, you've got a demon on you. I know that you do when you're yelling and you're screaming and you're just, a, just your child is like, you're crazy. <laughs> So we really have to know if there is something more there, and that is through this discernment and prayer and fasting and asking Holy Spirit to bring us revelation as to if this is truly, you know, a spirit on your child. Um, so as the child gets older, she will have been with multiple partners and maybe even be, get pregnant at a young age because of the uh, promiscuity from that spirit trying to find someone to love her the way that she wants to be loved because she thinks of love in all the wrong ways. She will choose boyfriends that she can control and manipulate. And typically, these boyfriends will carry the traits of Ahab. Um, in smaller children, their behavior might be to act 
out what has been done to them by other adults, thinking this is the way love works. This is a particular scene when a child has been through elongated sexual abuse. Um, the devil looks at trauma like this one I'm talking about here as a way to come in and build a stronghold and oppress the child. Through this trauma, the devil has built this root in which other demons will come in and oppress the child as he or she gets older if the root is not removed. Remove the root and all the demons attached to it must go with it. Amen. The Lord has really put on my heart that the parents need to understand that the depression is a real thing. That not everything can be medicated. Not everything can be um, coached by, by using different techniques in order to cope, you know, coping skills. Not, not everything is going to help all those things. I mean, there's real oppressions out there, and these these spirits are real, and they do attack our children, and, and the devil wants to get our children while they're little, so he has them for the rest of their life. Because what the world says that they have going on with them is likely not what the world says it is, but it is spiritual oppression. And that person lives their entire life under all these heavy medications, they're just so depressed, they're just trying to be happy, and or they're doing all these coping skills, and really, they could be set free with one prayer. But that's, but there again, that's why the Lord has put it on my heart that parents need to understand that depression is a real thing, and they should not fear it, okay? But you take your relation and authority as a parent, and you cast it out. The devil is not greater than the Lord Jesus, and we have a Holy Spirit within us. It's not a junior. Hello, yes, and amen. He gives us power to take control. We have control over our children until they are an adult. And we want our children to be a success when they get older. We want them to follow the Lord. We want them to, you know, walk in the ways of the Lord. We want them to do the Lord's will. But when and I will tell you from personal that when you've got a bunch of junk in your soul and you haven't had a, you know, um, been through the deliverance and gotten rid of those things, that you can't fully walk in the will of God. You, you have so many blockages within yourself that you can't, you're not in a place to be able to help anyone else. You know what I mean? So I've spent many, 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 many years working on myself. You know, sanctification is a process, you know, and there was a lot of things I had to get rid of. And once I did, things just started opening up because I was able to walk out the will of God. If only children could have the, that while they're still little so that when they are older, they don't have to go through years and years and years because of all the different impressions that came in over time as that root grew. So this is why I try to enlighten parents and I try to help as much as I possibly can for you guys to understand that the, how important this is because we don't we can get rid of it within a five minute prayer and not ten years of um, you know going to a therapist and being on medication. 
course, like I always say, don't ever stop a medication. Don't ever stop going to see a psychiatrist. Don't stop anything. I never, ever would have recommended that. Um, I am not licensed to recommend that anyways. But never, ever do that. I'm just saying there's another way. There's another way. Let me say one thing before I continue. Taking your authority and casting out should never, ever, ever be scary for your child. You don't want to create more trauma. You know, I see YouTube is just the worst place to be sometimes because there is a lot of, um, I won't mention names, there are a lot of deliverance ministers out there that either are working under witchcraft or they're just for show. Got to be careful. The fruits of the Spirit tell everything about a person. So if you have a favorite pastor, evangelical leader, whatever on YouTube, I suggest going research their name. See who they were anointed by. Because a lot of these fivefold ministries that you see doing these acts and um, they are doing it for likes and loves, they were anointed from people that actually did witchcraft and they're in the cult. So be careful and be mindful who you listen to, definitely. The fruits of the Spirit tell everything. And we'll, um, I just wanted to say that because that's very important. But I see a lot of these these YouTubes. It is so dramatic. It, it, it's it's crazy. It where one child was just flipping all over the floor, and it was just like, and the the minister that was trying to cast out the demon was talking to the talking to the demon and having a full blown conversation, which you don't do that. That's not what we do. We come to set people free through the work of the Holy Spirit working within us. We don't sit and have conversations with the demon. I mean, <laughs> for example, like, I don't want to create more trauma in a child. Children are already terrified after, you know, they've had different experiences. You know, so I'm not going to be going over there and screaming and throwing Bibles and throwing uh crosses which everything about that's not biblical <laughs> um but when I, for like little ones i just simply say something like i i talk to them and i say i'm just gonna put my my hand on your head and i'm gonna pray for you is that okay with you and i smile at them and i ask permission because the child will feel they have control and oftentimes that makes it easier if they feel like they're in control. Because a lot of things that's happened that's bad in their lives, they had no control over. So you want to create a safe space with them. You want to make sure that they feel safe. Okay? Or maybe ask permission because your child doesn't like to be touched. I had one little girl who was sexually assaulted at six years old by a neighbor boy who was 10. From that experience, she wanted no one to touch her, not even for a hug. She did not want to be hugged at all, touched. Her, even her little brother, uh, she wouldn't even give him hugs. So that's just another reason why that 
you know, we ask for permission to touch because they, that's still their little bodies. They still have, you know, the capability to say, no, I don't want to be have a hug today or no, don't touch me. You know, we have to respect their little boundaries too. So I usually don't go into much detail if they're younger than 10 years old about what could possibly happen, okay? Because I just try to make it such a safe space and I don't want them to be frightened. If I go into a lot of detail, like, you know, you have a, this demon in you and we're going to get it out. I mean, just think about a child, they get in their head, I, I got a what? I got a demon. You know, that'd be terrifying. I mean, when I first found, learned about demons oppressing the soul, that was like, and I was in my 30s and that was just horrifying to me because I was like, how could I possibly have a demon? I'm, I'm a Christian. I've been saved just in my heart, you know. But there again, there's a difference between oppression and possession. Oppression just means that this, the, the demon is in your soul, and he gives you char- characteristics. He cannot fully take control over you. That is called possession. Um, so if they are older than 10, I will explain as simply and as gently as I can And I will pray out loud without raising my voice. And I will have them look into my eyes. And I'll just simply command the demon to come out in Jesus' name. That is as simple as you can can get it. And I say keep eye contact because you can often see the manifestation in the eyes when casting out. Um, I've had many experiences with that. Don't be afraid. Remember... The Holy Spirit dwells within you. It's not you casting out the demon. It's Holy Spirit because you could not cast out that demon if you didn't have a Holy Spirit living within you. And um, every situation is different. So the reaction may may be intense or not. So For me personally, when I got delivered Jezebel, I just felt a complete shift in my thoughts about things to the point I started apologizing to all the people I'd went off on in my anger and rage throughout the years. Seriously, I like went back and found people. I felt so guilty and so horrible. And they all, you know, um, forgave me. We still not friends and that's okay. But, you know, I had to go correct my wrongs. I mean, I felt so horrible that I was that type of person and not really understanding or seeing it in myself until deliverance and like I said I've been through a lot of deliverance personally so I have I'm like a whole new person like you wouldn't have known me 20 years ago um but sometimes the power of God hits the entirety of their body and it may they may start shaking uncontrollably they could vomit or it could be a simple yawning or crying I mean seriously I mean it could be just as simple as that or they may even say they didn't feel anything but they felt peace all deliverance happens differently. But your child should never, ever, ever be afraid. And when I when I usually talk about doing, you know, um, the deliverance, I always suggest, if possible, and I know that sometimes this is not possible, that the father be the one to do the deliverance. Because he is the head of the household. But if that is not possible, you still can take that authority as the guardian, if you're the mom or the foster parent, um, 
we all have authority in Christ. We're all called, you know, to help people, love people, drive out demons, heal the sick. That is what we're called, all called to do. So you have that authority. Some parents don't feel equipped to be doing it, and that's where I come in if you need, if you need me for one-on-one deliverance. Or you can also purchase my course where I walk you through 14 weeks of understanding and building your faith and recognizing who you are to take your authority back. There's just so much spiritually going on with our children, and they are literally crying out in actions that God never intended. And I hope I can reach as many parents as I can. Next week, I will be talking about identity loss, so you won't want to miss next week's episode. Um, more and more kids are coming out saying they are non-binary, wanting to be the opposite sex, and wanting a sex change. They are bisexual, transsexual. These are all spiritually rooted. And I may be stepping on some toes in my next episode. But I'm not here to please anyone but to do what the Father's will in my life and to help those that want to be helped. You could always email me with any questions at fosteringtheinnerchild at gmail.com. And that's it for this episode, guys. If you'd like to learn more, you can head over to fosteringtheinnerchild.com and pick up my free book if you haven't. Until then, I will talk to you next week on Fostering the Inner Child Podcast. Blessings.